Alrighty, what's going on? Uh, doing a bit of an uh, emergency solo episode tonight. I just just smashed a full sleeve of Oreos by myself in preparation for it all. So, um, yeah, typical in typical James lifestyle. Some shit's gone down this weekend, um, which is out of everyone's control. So, basically, I decided I'd quickly jump on and record a bit of a. Uh, a solo episode in preparation for us not being able to record a proper episode. So hopefully this never sees the light of day and you get a proper episode. But uh, if not, let's see what the fuck I can come up with by myself. Um, I got my sunnies back on so that you guys can't stare into my soul. So that seems to be working well. And um, yeah, I guess I should probably just try and channel my inner sort of Theo or Bill Burr or some other... Some other cunt that does a solo podcast. Um, Tim Tim Dillon. That is a good fucking starting point. There we go. Tim Dillon's in Australia this week. Uh, I was meant to go, but my lovely wife Nikita called me the other day while she was at work and she was like, oh, fuck, we got Tim Dillon this week. And I'm like, yeah, looking forward to it. And she goes, well, I've got some bad news. And I was like, oh, here we go. She goes, I've booked us a little Halloween night at Dreamworld this week. So you won't be able to go to Tim Dillon anymore. So that's pretty fucking shit. So I do uh, throw the tickets up for sale, sold them, sold them to my good pal Cody, so he's going to make good use of them. But yeah, pretty dev I'm going to miss out on on big Tim Dillon. Saw him last year and it was a fucking hilarious show, which he pretty much released the same show on Netflix as his special, um, as what he did here last year. So I don't know, curious to ask Cody how how this one is, whether it's or polished material, or whether he's still working shit out, or or what the story is. But yeah, when Nikita broke it to me that we had this Halloween night, I was like, oh well, that's fucking shit. But got to do what you got to do for the little little kitties. But my breaking point was, she goes, "What are you going to dress up as?" And I'm like, "What the fuck do you mean? What am I going to dress up as?" Because I'm a 31 year old man. I don't play dress ups anymore. So she has convinced me that apparently every other adult at Dreamworld is going to be in dress-up, but I feel a major stitch-up coming. I feel like I'm going to rock up to Dreamworld and all the kids are going to be in dress-up and then one weird-as-fuck parent in dress-up and that's going to be fucking me. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I might might just get like a skeleton shirt or something, I reckon. Play it safe. But I'll let you know next week uh, if I look like a fucking creep at Dreamworld or whether all the parents dressed up. But Nikita came home the other day and one of her acquaintances, he said that they were talking about it or something and he goes, oh, my God, I'm going as well. So Nikita hit him up. She's like, oh, what are you going dressed up, dressed as? And he goes, oh, I'm going to go. I forget who the exact character is, but it was basically some sort of like like all black, sort of spirity, ghouly, ghosty looking thing. So Nikita asked him like what his costume was going to be. And he started describing like oh, full black shirt, black pants, a black hood, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, and then I'm going to f- paint my whole face black. And Nikita was like, uh, I don't think you can do that. And he goes, why not? And... I thought that was fucking crazy when Nikita told me because I don't want to rock up to Dreamworld and be the only other fucking adult in dress-up 
And then from the other side of the car park, this freaking blackface is just like, hey, James, how you going? And then I'm just fucking dragged into some sort of racial cult with this dude. You know what I mean? Scaring the fuck out of me, to be honest. So, yeah, I might just uh, hit Cody up for that spare ticket to Tim Dillon. Ditch my family. They can go by themselves. But, um, yeah, this episode, I guess, is stemming from uh, Parker. Our youngest son is in hospital at the moment, which sucks a big bag of dicks. But um, it's never fun when one of your kids is in hospital. He's got this weird... He's got this like giant lump on the side of his neck, like some sort of fucking camel or something. And to be honest, they're throwing a heap of diagnoses around and they don't really know what's going on. But it sounds like it's like an infected lymph node or something like that. Um, So that's what they're treating it as. He's got to spend the next sort of three days or so in hospital on fluids and all that sort of fun shit. So um, the medication they've put him on is like broken him out in this rash from like head to toe it looks pretty pretty crazy the poor little fella um so yeah he's pretty over it he wants to go home i think i've i think i've spent about 300 bucks on toys the last couple of days trying to distract him and keep him occupied while he's up there at hospital um but yeah the, this morning i popped up there and he hasn't been eating so i go oh, well what do you feel like eating because obviously he's just getting given shitty hospital food and he goes oh I want strawberries and watermelon, which he's fucking obsessed with both those things, right? So I'm like, okay, I'll run over to Woolworths because it's across the road, get strawberries and watermelon. And you know how normally Coles and Woolworths have like the little little tubs of like sliced watermelon or sliced fucking rock melon, whatever fruit you want, basically. I get there, I get a punnet of strawberries, piece of cake, and then I get to the sliced fruit section and they've only got apples, pears and oranges and honeydew melon which i don't even know what the fuck a honeydew melon is i don't think i've ever had one um but it scares the fuck out of me because it's like a weird greeny color so it's like a an unripe rock melon to me so i'm not going anywhere near that shit so i called nikita and i'm like can you try and convince him that he doesn't feel like watermelon today which of course a sick three-year-old in a hospital doesn't want to be told what he does and doesn't like so he goes he's chucked a tantrum and nikita's like You're just going to have to try and work something out. So that caused me, everyone knows how fucking awkward I am in public and how I hate to stand out from the crowd. But to be a good dad for my three-year-old son that's in hospital, I bought a whole watermelon, which is all they had. I bought a packet of butter knives and I bought a packet of Tupperware containers. I purchased all this and I went out to the car park in front of potentially a hundred people, and I've put the watermelon on the bench seat, got the butter knife out, and I've hacked up an entire watermelon with a butter knife in a fucking public car park, and sliced it into nice little pieces and put it in a Tupperware container for my sick three-year-old son. So, I mean, I don't want to throw around the title of Dad of the Year or anything, but if you guys want to throw it around then fucking i'm not going to stop you go nuts but um literally this afternoon before i left again with food so it's oh i don't i don't know how to explain it it's a bit bit of a sad story i guess so parker's in like a shared room right and the kid beside him is maybe i don't know he's maybe eight eight to ten somewhere in that range so he's still a pretty young kid 
Um, obviously, he loves fucking junk food, shit like that. And before I left the Savo, I said to Nikita, I'm like, oh, what do you want for dinner? Like, I'll go get your dinner before I go so you don't have to worry about it. And she's like, oh, I don't know, just fucking whatever's around. So there was Macca's or KFC. We had Macca's last night, which is fucking, it sucks being stuck in a hospital because you have to eat like takeaway. Like, and then you just overtake away. We're going to eat healthy for the next like three days and then we're just going to go back into a fucking junk food spiral. Um, but anyway, she goes, I want KFC. And I'm like, well, oh, fuck, I didn't even explain what this kid beside Parker has. So he just got diagnosed with diabetes, right? So all we can hear through the curtain is how he has to make good food choices now, how he can't eat junk food, how he has to, like, fucking weigh up his calories and his sugar and all this sort of stuff. And he's, like, in there pricking himself. I think he has to do it, like, every hour at, like, to start with or whatever. Anyway, he's in pain, he's screaming, he's fucking wanting yummy food and they're just bringing him sandwiches and fruit, which sucks as a 10-year-old kid. Anyway, Nikita goes, I want KFC. And I'm like, this is the biggest fucking dog act I've ever done that I'm just going to stroll past this poor kid with diabetes with this delicious-smelling KFC and just almost rub it in his face. Um, But... I thought I got off the hook because I went, I got the KFC and I came back and I've walked in the room and they've got the separating curtains. Now this kid's parents had closed the curtains. So I was in the clear. So I've walked in the room and uh, I've sat down on Parker's bed. We've started dishing out the KFC and we're eating it. And now this nurse brings in a third kid into the room because there's like four bays. And this stupid fucking nurse goes, Oh, it smells like KFC in here. That shit. She didn't say that shit, but I think she said that stuff's no good for you or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's so fucking awkward because obviously it was the elephant in the room and she's just, again, made me feel awkward as fuck in the entire situation. Anyway, Nikita and I have looked at each other and we're like, what the fuck? And we didn't say anything. But then again, when the nurse set up this girl... And she left. She's like, KFC's no good for you. You know that. Like out loud. Like she couldn't even see us. We were behind our curtain as well. And she just wanted to make, she wanted to make a stupid fucking point about the whole thing. She's a bit of a, bit of a bitch to be honest. Um, But yeah, what else? What else has happened at fucking, heaps of shit's happened at the hospital. And I was like, this would be good for the podcast. But I don't know. Uh, Oh, again today. Uh, So mum took Westy up to the hospital and then I met them at the hospital a little bit later uh, and Parker had clung to me and he's sitting on me and stuff and because he's sick as fuck, he's having like a heap of accidents, like shit in his pants basically. And there was a moment where he was clung to me, he was sick, he was just miserable and all of a sudden I've felt my leg get damp and I've smelt the rankest smell I've ever fucking smelt. And it pisses me off that when you're in a moment of despair and the people around you that you think are going to help you do nothing but sit there and laugh as loud as they possibly can while you're covered in shit and you're trying to still love your child that's obviously still sick and depressed, just trying to cling to you, but you're trying to force them off you because you're covered in their disgusting diarrhea shit. Um yeah, I just I feel like family members in that moment should 
help out other people instead of laugh, even though if it happened to anyone else, I would 110% be the one laughing the loudest in the room. Um, I think Nikita said it did happen to her a couple of times earlier earlier today. Um, but yeah, unfortunately no one was there to laugh at her. But plenty of people there when I got shot on, so that was, uh, that was a bunch of fun. What else has happened this week? Uh, Westy started... He, so he's had his illustrious soccer career uh, this year. It was like his first team sport that he's played. And he, um, he loved it. I wish he sort of got involved a little bit more in the game. But um, I've never really, never been a fan of soccer, never got into it. Couldn't care less about it, to be honest. So I was just happy that he was out there. He'd have a crack every now and then. He was having fun with his mates. So that was enough for me. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, a couple of his mates are like, oh, does Westy want to start doing touch footy with us for the rest of the year? And I'm like, well, fucking oath he does because footy's a superior sport. Um, and Westy actually, like for the last couple of years, he's been obsessed with footy. Like he'll sit there and watch every game. This year he died off a little bit, but he'll still, he'll be out from sun sunrise to sunset kicking the footy in the backyard just trying to do whatever he can watching freak kicks and shit on youtube trying to reenact them and i've never seen a six-year-old kick a ball so effortlessly and hit a perfect spiral every time um and i think i've spoken about this on the podcast as well before so it's like uh in the footy world i guess you hear people call them like a spiral kick um where the ball spins perfectly vertical um some people call it like a tornado kick or something, which I think is pretty fucking lame. But Nikita's always called it a twirly kick, which now Weston's picked that up as well. He calls it a twirly kick, which I really hope he doesn't drop that in a game at some point. But anyway, um, so yeah, Wednesday night, he had his first game of touch and uh, didn't start that great. He started off with a meltdown. Um, didn't want to do the warm up or anything like that, but slowly eased into it. And for the first half, I was like, oh, fuck. Where we're back at soccer again. He was just sort of, he was standing back. He wasn't really getting involved. Um, and then he comes off at halftime. And I don't know, it could just be my inspirational pep talk I gave him at halftime. Uh, but he goes back on in the second half. And I think it was like the second player to get the half or something. He gets past the ball and he just makes this break up the wing. And he runs this like it's a mini field. So in in comparison, it would have been like an 80-meter try, but in reality it was probably like a 30-meter try. But another thing he practices in the backyard is like his stupid fucking like slide tries or his winger tries where he does like handstands and plants the ball. But in real game scenario, he gets to the try line and he just throws it down like it's a touchdown or something, like he's playing fucking NFL. But Luckily, he's six, and the referee was just like, uh, you got it across the line. That counts. So, yeah, he was uh, he was pretty stoked. He got his first try, and from that point, he made another two big, big breaks, um, got touched before the try line. But, yeah, after the, after the game, he was pretty fucking stoked with himself. He was keen to get back there next week. So it's good to be watching him play a game that I somewhat understand, which, on the other hand, is a bit frustrating because... Because I understand it, I'm like, fucking, 
I don't know, feel like a bit of a helicopter parent. Like I'm like, oh, you should be doing this or, hey, Westy, why don't you try this? Whereas at soccer, I was just like, good kick. Uh, keep it up. You know what I mean? But yeah, we'll see see how he goes with it all. I'm hoping that it translates to a bit of tackle footy next year. I think he's finally old enough, but see how he goes. I think it's a good little little stepping stone for him. Um, but yeah, I... Oh, last week I was talking about the gig I was going to have at Good Chat Comedy this week. Um, so I had that on Tuesday night. And it was a bit of a, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. It was a bit of a weird moment um, because when I got there, I was like, I walked in the door and there was a, a girl there who started around the same time as me. We've done heaps of shows together right um and she was running the door for good chat that night so she was letting all the patrons in letting the acts know where the green room is blah 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 and i get there i'm like oh hey how you going she's like good she's like uh i was looking down the list and i'm like i don't know any of these people and then i saw your name and she's like um you're still in like the the uh bright eyes gang and i was like oh fuck like she wasn't having a dig or anything. It was just like it was a little comment that she dropped that cut me deep and I was like, fuck. Anyway, then I start looking at the names and I'm like, I know none of these people either. And it was a moment where I felt like I was so behind the rest of the pack that I started with um, because they've all graduated to like the – so once you finish with the Bright Eyes part with Good Chat, you move to like the Wednesday nights and then when you start impressing there, you move to their like bigger nights on Fridays and Saturdays, things like that um, and like feature spots for the bigger bigger acts that come. So yeah, I was in the green room with a heap of people like I think maybe there was at least three of them where it was like their first time doing stand-up ever um, and then the rest of them it was all either second or third. I knew one other person which was on that gig with me out at Ipswich the other week that there was literally no one there for. Um, so I knew him, but he was still lucky to be like a month or two into comedy, I think. Um, so it was just like, and then they're like, we're in the green room. They're all excited because it's their first time. And then they're, they're like, oh, is it your first time? How long have you been doing it? And I had to fucking turn around and be like, oh, uh, two years next month. Like it's just some fucking grizzled vet in the background trying to stay cool with the young kids. Um, but anyway, I was third off third on the lineup. So I jumped up, I did my set. Um, so Jake, who's the, who runs good chat, he was there. So I was stoked. I'm like, fuck yeah, this, this could be the night. And Peter James, who I think is probably one of the best comedians in Brisbane, um, without sucking too much dick, but that dude can just make me fucking laugh without even trying. Um, so he remembered me from our set like a month or two ago and he came up to me before. He's like, oh, good to see you, keen to see you shit tonight, blah, blah, blah. So that was a cool little confidence boost at the start as well. I got up, I did my set and I fumbled a few bits. Uh, so I was in my head and I'm like, fuck. So I got off stage and my whole set can go incredible. But if I if I mispronounce one word or if I like stutter something, I'm like, the whole set's fucked. Like, why am I wasting everyone's time here? So... I got off the stage. I was like, fuck, that sucked. Um, Peter James got on, introduced the next one, and then he came out to me at the back and um, gave me props. He's like, oh, that was a six set, fucking funny shit, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, thanks. Maybe it wasn't that bad. Uh, 
So I walk back out to the crowd. Jake's running the sound and I'm sort of just off the side. He shakes my hand. He's like, oh, good set, mate. Um, like, again, funny shit, blah, blah, blah. Basically left it at that. And I was like, fuck, I fucked up all my chances. Anyway, towards the end of the night, I think like the last act was on. And I was like, fuck, I'm, I'm going to go have a piss. So I walk out to the toilet. I go to the toilet and as I come back out and shut the door, Jake's walking to the toilet and again, it was just a polite, I was like, oh, cheers for tonight, mate. And he's like, yeah, no, good set, mate. Like funny shit. And then he kept walking past me to go to the toilet. And then almost like in a fast and furious moment, he's put his hand on the toilet door and he's opened the door and then he's turned to me and he's gone, hey, James. And I've turned around and looked over my shoulder. Pro- this is all probably fucking just in my head, but this is how it felt to me. And I visualised Jake in that moment as Vin Diesel and he goes, uh, he said something like, we'll get you on a Wednesday night spot soon. And I was like, oh my God. And then I had to try not to fucking overreact and be like, oh my God, thank you so much. This is all my dreams come true at once. And I, hopefully I said, cheers, mate, or something cool like that. I feel like I did. But it fully felt like the whole I owe you a 10-second car kind of scenario, which it clearly fucking wasn't. He was just going for a piss and I was just some giddy little schoolgirl trying to get a Wednesday night gig in the city to tell my stupid little dick jokes. But, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's pretend. Let's all pretend together. It's always fun. Um, but I, I had a meeting today with a venue for West Park Comedy. Obviously, I haven't done a show since since the last venues moved on. Um, So, yeah, I've been a bit off starting my own gig again, but much like how I got the last one... um, One second, my dog is barking. Mellow. All righty, sorry about that. Um, Yeah, much like how I got the last gig, it's almost like a, a little moment in time where two things just went together... Um, a venue somehow came into my atmosphere and I was like, hey, that's actually a pretty cool venue. Why don't I just ask them, hit them up. They're like, come in tomorrow for a meeting. Went and had the meeting today. The venue manager was a fucking, he was open to anything and everything. Um, Yeah, had a good chat to him for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or so. And he goes, send through, pretty much send through whatever we've got to do to make it work. Um, If... If price is right sort of thing, then let's fucking make it happen. So I literally sent him an email before I jumped on here. So hopefully he replies in the next day or two and we've got a new West Park comedy show up and running. But even if that one falls through, I'm I'm pretty keen to get something happening again soon. I Obviously, like we spoke about last week, I quit my job and a big part of that was to focus on this a bit more, um, pushing the podcast out there a bit more. And also writing more stand-up and performing more stand-up. Um, which hopefully it all works out with the flexibility of working for myself. Um, I can chisel aside an hour or so of the day that that's, that's my writing hour. Um, Nikita and the kids aren't going to be home. I've got no excuse. Sit down and write, you lazy fuck. Um, and yeah, same deal with, with booking more shows. Um, I can be out a few more nights a week and then to help Nikita and the kids maybe 
the next morning after I can start work at, I don't know, 9 o'clock, help with the school drop-offs and stuff, which to be honest, that was one of, one of, that was one of the best parts of working for myself originally was being able to do school drop-offs and just go to every school event and things like that. Whereas working for someone, I feel like, and, and my current boss has been fucking incredible with the whole thing, to be honest. Um, but it's always felt a bit like asking for permission if I need time off, which again, he's never said a word. He's always been sweet. He's like, yep, whatever you got to do, just go do it. And I don't know. I think it's just, again, like when I fuck up in one of my sets, it's all in my head. Um, if I fuck up a set or if I'm cutting a watermelon in a public car park, I just feel like everyone, everyone's just staring at me. Um, but obviously they're not. No one gives a fuck about you. Um, but, yeah, uh, I was going to tie that into – well, oh, yeah, yeah. So I feel like last week we were having a bit of, bit of fun with the whole James quitting his job thing with um, Adrian and Nikita. But there was a funny – not necessarily funny, but it was – I found a somewhat funny side of it when I when I quit. So I didn't want to touch on this with Adrian because obviously like everyone's got ties, things like that. And again, fucking major props to my boss and stuff. He's been so helpful. But the day that I quit was awkward as fuck. Because it all went down. He gave me a call. I was in a pissed off mood. I'd been pissed off for maybe a couple of weeks. I was, I was ready to pull the pin as it was. And I had decided that at the end of that week, I was going to quit basically. Um, I'd pretty much lined up everything that I needed to do for that to happen. So that was going to happen on a Thursday. On a Wednesday, the Wednesday before he calls me, and he goes, hey, can you come over to my office? I've got to talk to you for, about a few things. And I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. So I walk over to his office and he's sitting at his desk with a piece of paper and he goes, this isn't a good piece of paper. Um, he goes, it's one of those letters. And I was like, oh, fuck. It wouldn't surprise me. Like the shit that I say around work, like, like the shit that we touched on the other week about me calling people dumb cunts or... Um, asking them sexual questions and things like that. It honestly wouldn't surprise me if I got a written warning or instant dismissal or something. Um, so he opens the piece of paper and he goes, oh, just joking. And it was the opposite side of the thing. So he presented me with a a new employment opportunity, let's call it. Um, so it was more money. Uh, there was a new new sort of bonus procedure and things like that in there. So... There was a lot of things that were very positive and possibly would have made my my time working there a little more enjoyable for a couple more weeks, so to speak. Um, but still, at the end of the day, I knew I was done there, so I just had to pull the pin. Um, so he's presented me with this whole thing, more money, fucking bonus system, everything you could ever want, basically. And then I had to go look, I'm so sorry, that all sounds amazing, uh, but I was planning on quitting tomorrow. And that moment was awkward as fuck because in his head he was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to present James with this and I'm going to get a lifelong employee. But in reality, I just, 
ripped his heart out and stamped on it. Like when Lisa breaks up with Milhouse. That's exactly how it felt. I was Lisa. <laughs> um, that was fucking stupid. I'm sorry I laughed at that. But yeah, um, I don't know if anyone else will find a funny side of that, but I thought it was ironic or, or something like that. Some Alanis Morissette lyric. Um, but yeah, I think I think obviously it's going to be a shorter one tonight because it's just me by myself here and these solo ones. I don't know. It seems so easy when you hear other people do a solo podcast because a lot of them talk about like news and shit like that, but I honestly don't get involved in any of the news. Like so much shit going on in the world at the moment that I know nothing about. Ash sent me a fucked up video the other day that honestly ruined half my fucking day about like the whole world war three thing kicking off. Um, so yeah, that shit seems scary, but again, I'd head in the sand, fucking live my own life, see what comes, just keep making people laugh with my dumb little dick jokes. Um, the fucking, the war that I'm most looking forward to, some breaking UFC news this week. We don't get to talk about UFC much with old Adrian on here because he's, he's not much of a sporting fan. I don't know if you guys have picked up on that, but um, I fucking... I'm obsessed with UFC. Like, I don't know why. It's just, just, I think, honestly, talking, now that everyone knows about my obsession with WWE, I feel like that's the natural progression for when you hit adulthood. Like, you move from WWE to UFC. Like, it's real wrestling. Just the storylines and the drama and shit like that. So, UFC 294, I think it is. Um, it's on next weekend, I believe. They had all their, their co-main event and their main event lined up, which were, look, they were good fights, but I was not going to pay for the fight card. I did not see my money's worth in it. Uh, and then part of my sceptical conspiracy brain was wondering if other people thought this as well and UFC was tracking the, the pay-per-view charts and they're like, oh, fuck. This isn't selling too well. Let's cause a couple of injuries on here, which we've seen pictures of the injuries and stuff. You can't fake that shit. Um, Oliveira split his eyebrow open, which when I say eyebrow, it's half his face is hanging off. And uh, Costa is, he seems to have an injury all the time, but I, I forget if it's his knee or his shoulder or some shit this time, something. Anyway, they've both dropped out. And to step in for the main event, is none other than Aussie legend Alexander Volkanovsky, who fucking every time he fights just makes you proud to be an Australian. The dude just bleeds Aussie spirit. Like every fight, he just gets in there and bangs. So he's he's having a rematch with Islam Makachev. And honestly, I the last fight I thought he won, but a big part of me thought it was just because I wanted the Aussie to win. Um, but then when you start hearing like Rogan and like Sharb and like other MMA experts say they thought Volkanovski won as well, you start to think, well, oh, fuck, maybe I was right. Anyway, it is what it is on paper. Um, Islam got the win. But on 11 days notice, Alexander Volkanovski is going to step in and fight Islam Makachev, which I think is going to be fucking sick. Um, and I... 
genuinely hope he gets the win this time, becomes double champ and becomes honestly, I don't know. It's There's a huge argument for him to be the UFC GOAT at the moment. And if he does this, I don't know. What, what else is left for him? Fight John Jones, which I'd be down for. John Jones in Brisbane. I'll do commentary right beside Rogan. I think that could work. But yeah, the, the co-main as well, fucking harms up. He's just the scariest cunt in the UFC at the moment. No one wants to fight him. Just this scary... I don't even know. I think he's Russian, maybe? But he's just a scary cunt. And he's just... He's, all he says is like, I'm going to smash you. Like He's like another Khabib sort of thing. Anyway, Costa fell out of that fight. And one of the welterweight goats, Kamaru Usman, he steps in to fight this guy. Which I don't know how to feel. I think it's a fucking sick fight. But part of me is like, I don't want him to lose too bad because he's such a legend sort of thing. Um, I fucking hope he wins. But like I said, Hamzat's just a different fucking animal. And I guess we'll see, we'll see what happens. The other thing, so on the back of all that, since I've started the podcast, a big thing I've wanted to do is do like a almost like a rip-off fight companion. Not call it a fight companion or anything like that. Um, call it fucking whatever I want, really. Just treat it as another episode. Almost just do an episode but have the fights on in the background with a couple of boys in here. We drink, watch the fights, and we'll react to the fights, but we'll still be talking the usual fucking dribble we always talk. Um, so, yeah. There is a whisper that now that next week's card is so fucking stacked, maybe maybe we make that the first one. And I don't think we have time to get all the the live facilities and things like that happening so you can watch it on YouTube along with the fights like a lot of other people do. Um, so for this first one, I think I'll just get a couple of boys in possibly. We'll watch the fights and we'll just post it as next week's episode. Obviously, you'll already know who the winners are, all that sort of shit. Um, so don't tune in for your fucking up-to-date MMA news. It'll literally just be a heap of drunk blokes watching the fights and talking absolute fucking nonsense. But I think it's a good little trial show. Obviously, if fucking Volkanovski gets the win, I'm going to be hyped as fuck. I'm going to be up on my knees. I'm going to rip my headphones out of here. Um, and I know a couple of the other boys that I'm talking to about potentially coming on are the same way about UFC. So, um, yeah, I I reckon we're going to do it. Um, yeah, I reckon we're going to do it. So let let me know if you think next week's episode should be a bit of a bit of a fight companion. Um, and yeah, we'll make it happen. But again, to finish it off, I don't know. I don't know if it's you guys doing it or whether we're in a weird little algorithm at the moment. But we are making. We're making a slow bit of growth, which is pretty fucking sick. Um, we're not we're not anywhere near hitting any charts or anything like that, but every week we're slowly getting more and more downloads, which is which is sick. I don't know if it's you guys sharing it with your best friends or yeah, like I said, we've hit a little niche algorithm of people that just like dads that podcast out of a meth lab and make absolutely no sense. Um but yeah, appreciate whatever you guys are doing to grow the show. Just keep it up. Um, 
and yeah, let's see see where we can take all this, eh? But again, appreciate it and see us next week.